happy Monday, party people out there in podcast land. Today's, oh, did I say happy Monday? What I meant was happy Wednesday, hump day. Beautiful day outside, sunny, warm. I think we're going to get up to the mid-80s in Los Angeles today. I was uh, watching the news this morning. And I saw that the governor's opening up more and more. Mayors are opening up more and more as each day goes by. You know, some of the beaches are going to be up for uh, sunbathing again versus, you know, having to stay in movement. You know, I saw the exercising folks hit the beaches as I made my travels through the coast these past few days and, um, you know, as long as you kept moving, and I don't know if you're like me, I mean, but can I have a seat? Can I sit down? Can I enjoy, you know, just some time in the sun, get some B12 naturally? But uh, I'm looking forward to things opening with, of course, a nice dose of apprehension, to say the least. But I'm praying everything goes well. I'm praying, you know, that everybody overall be okay and judgment is used and wisdom is used should I say not so much judgment but wisdom is used as they judge when and what to open as the days weeks and months go by but anyways beautiful day outside I guess you know our fun fact would be things opening back up accordingly and so I would you know just go online or turn on the news to see what's open what's not open and what's going to open but today's hero I think more so than ever is all of our parents and guardians who had to step up and homeschool their children and especially those ones who were still holding down a job still having to make sure their child and children's education uh, was consistent you know they couldn't go to school they couldn't send them to school but as this week wraps up the Glendale school district and in the weeks to come different school districts are wrapping up this year the school year you know hats off to the guardians to the moms the dads the grandparents and anyone who stepped up and played a role in just being there for these kids who were you know, learning from home, you know, away from their friends, on the Zoom um, meetings and um, checking in with their teacher teachers and doing their assignments and just, you know, staying on top of things. I, I get that um, no one's going to fail this semester, but it's still a challenge nevertheless. And you just pray that uh, your children have, you know, gotten what they needed out of this semester because their um, teacher wasn't there but I think it was a reminder that uh, parents are the child's first teacher so I think it was totally totally back to the basics totally back to the basics and the parents had an opportunity just to reconnect with their children and perhaps relearn things about their children and learn things about their children because children grow up so fast so parents we've been so busy just you know providing that home for their children that you know keeping in touch with them and hey what's your interest you know what's your favorite song you know 
what are some of the names of your friends? What are some of the things you miss about school? And, you know, we always struggle with children not wanting to get out of bed to go to school. I bet there will be a little less of that when schools finally do open up, whether it be this fall or what have you. But I pray that um, the parents continue to, to hold it down and they are the true heroes of today, you know? Teachers slash parents slash kitchen workers slash field trip, you know, and things like that. Everything that they provided extra for their children that they weren't used to doing, you know, things like that. But anyway, I wanted to touch up on some of the the issues that were going on. One of them was um, the police brutality that's been filmed more and more, which is good. I'm glad that there's footage to show and to shine more and more spotlight. And it's not a new thing. I think pro, pro, uh, police brutality and police killing black lives and killing minorities and killing in general, that's not justified. That's an overkill for whatever reasons. I think it's always been. It's just we have these things called cell phones. And I swear each year that goes by, the quality of cameras in our cell phones gets better and better. The Galaxy Note 10 has one of the best cameras that I've ever had in a cell phone. But um, in a culture where society is shining light, a brighter light, on police just losing their minds to a point where they're killing innocent lives. Innocent lives. It's it's horrific, but it's always been so, like it's waking up people. It's waking up a, a, a society, a group of people, the United States, and the world, to be like, to sit back and really gurgitate everything that's that's popping off to think about everything and how hurtful it is to the life a police person would take. And I saw something and I read something that said, if for every life lost that a police uh, person has taken away, every for every life lost, if two police lives were lost, things would stop and I mean you know that like I just thought about that forever Trayvon Martin's life taken away two officers lives would be and I mean I know that's extreme but like you know it said it would stop and it would probably I mean not that it will come to that or that it should or whatever but I get an eye for an eye I do and um I also get that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So, you know, there has to be balance in that too. But that thing just struck out to me. And I do believe if that was the case, it would stop. Police brutality would stop. Racial profiling would stop. And, you know, I read something else that, you know, uh, one of the police 
um, police persons. I don't know if it was a man or a woman, but um, Chris Rock said that police are quick to say, you know, don't judge all police by the actions of a few, that not all cops are like that. But if the cops in general, for that every one bad cop, that there should be two to stand up and just fight fight against it because it'll start from the police department before it could ever overflow onto a society so if a cop is checked by another cop because before they even hit an innocent person with that stick before they even shoot that first bullet racial profiling a person for their color of skin there has to be red flags prior to that people just don't pop off and, and and hate a culture to the point where they're gonna kill a person of color without there being prior red flags shown that the rest of a police department could catch whether it be their partner whether it be somebody in their precinct whether it be their commanding officer whether it be anybody that they work with if there's red flags so if they can check them from from the get-go and if there could be some form of reporting without being blackballed without being alienated you know because we get this um police protect police but i'm thinking you know the the other police folks that don't want to be categorized in the same category as these folks who kill these innocent black men, black women, minorities in general. If they were to call them out as they see them, as every red flag that came up, would it de-escalate the process of them finally taking a life? Oh, you know what? I'm pissed off. For, for whatever reasons today and I really don't care for black people and I'm going to go to work today and and I'm sure it wasn't their intentions to kill somebody but yeah, what their, their injustice their racial profiling and their prejudice is, is a bullet that kills whether it manifests that day or not it, it, they are a liability to any and all police uh, agencies so you know that's heavy on my heart because I think about my godson who is biracial and my compadre who is a black man who has himself been racially profiled and the cops were called uh, on them as Curtis and Elijah did were walking up to the home that they live in and somebody pulls up and saying are you breaking in are you robbing that house i'm gonna call the cops on you and and these are two guys and my godson is a big dude he's a beast i mean he hovers over the majority of us in the house and you know these men these innocent men these wonderful men they're just walking into their house but somebody's gonna drive up and assume that they're robbing the house in daylight like okay this is not Compton. This is not Watts. This, this is not some borough. This is 
uh, spar heights. So when it, these two black folks, and I get that there's not a lot of black folks in their community, so they're just walking into their house, but somebody's gonna, you know, call them out and, and ask them such a question and write racial profile them. And so it does hit home in a sense, absolutely. But like my point is, there has to be red flags going on, popping off daily that other officers who aren't in that extreme of I killed an innocent black man. There are other good cops, but these other good cops are not standing up to these corrupt cops, to these racial cops to these tainted cops, to these other cops who don't even deserve to wear that badge. So one bad apple spoils the whole what? Yeah. So that would be my issue right now. So yeah, they want, you know, the police department want not that light to shine so much on them, but somebody's not being held accountable. And that is disheartening. That is, I think, the scariest thing that that uh, uh, a black man can't go bird watching without some lady flipping the script in line calling the police uh, saying that um, this man who happens to be black is threatening her life and she's afraid and all he did was say uh, you know put a leash on your dog because you know you can't have your dog just all buck wild running through the park you know rightfully so because you don't know people's dogs you know some dogs attack and some dogs don't but you can't you can't like trust them all you don't want to get bit so he was basically saying uh can you put a leash it, it's the law around here on your dog you know and so for whatever reason she didn't care that some man some black man told her something that she needed to do that was by the law anyways so she wants to call up the police and basically lie and then he god thank god that he filmed it and now this lady the the, the results to her stupidity and ignorance and viciousness well she lost her job and i believe she even lost that dog that she was you know holding tightly by the leash where this dog is just jumping around and getting almost um, hung by the leash and things like that because at that moment she wasn't caring about her dog she was just trying to create an environment to get this man who called her out on something that she was wrong about so she wants to go buck wild so there the effects of that is she lost not only her job because it got back to her and her employer and she lost her dog in the process. And I think that that is proper, proper um, situations that should follow anything like that. You know, yes, be, let there be an investigation, whoever's going to investigate this. But there has to be a cause and effect. So if you're causing this uproar, the effects of that is blah, 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 blah. You know, and things like that. And were there people in her life, like, if you have a best friend, they ought to be the ones to tell you the truth. If you have a spouse, they ought to be the ones to tell you the truth. If you if you have a pastor or somebody that you look up to and is close to you in your circle that you love, they ought to be telling you the truth. So if there's any red flags that pop up that are genuine in your heart, rooted deep, that they ought to be able to call you out on, you know, hey, dude, you know, like, do you have any particular reservations or beef 
or dislike with a certain group of people, with a certain culture of people, you know, to the point where this guy is innocently bird watching, which that's his thing. He loves to bird watch. He has been bird watching since he was 10. And he can't go to a park and comfortably bird watch without uh, there being a buck wild dog and a racist owner in back of that buck wild dog. So, you know, these are the things that, that just, you know, they, they pull on my heartstrings and they always have, but, you know, we, we can't just post about them and leave it at that. There has to be a dialogue. There has to be some open forum for people to sit down and let's talk about this. Let's talk about let's let's talk about not only how does this make me feel, how fearful this makes me, how uncomfortable some of the things that need to be brought up need to be brought up. But let's bring everybody to the table and let's sit down with our community. Let's just have the talk, you know. And I'm going to be having a, a segment, an episode with my pastor that I will bring, be bringing up like how as a pastor in a, in a, in a church in the inner city of Los Angeles, in such a metropolitan area and having a church, how do you combat racism? And the racism is just comes straight from the pit of hell, straight straight from the bit of hell Let, let's make no mistake about that racism is alive and well it never stopped being you know just like there were slaves back in the day there's still slaves now you know we just you know we forget about it because we we think we've made this way a life or we've come such a long way but have we come such a long way that a person can't go bird watching that a person can't breathe because your knees on their neck and they're asking you and they're telling you hey you know I can't breathe please I need air and you're still gonna keep your 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 knee of hatred on them to the point where they lose their life you know I I just would want to open up this dialect this dialogue I mean and bring folks to the table let's talk about this let let's through this has we continue to shine light on it we we continue to put pressure just like that knee on that neck we continue to put the same pressure on racism with our own knee our, knee, our own conscience our own words and you know and deal with this undercover spirit of racism that people really don't like to show and people really don't like to be, you know, singled out. Oh, you're a racist, you know, because you know there's a stigma attached to that, rightly so. But you know, there's just so many things that are going on. And as we're sitting home during a quarantine and a world pandemic, and little by little, society is re-entering the new world. You know, we have these these expectations to return to a life but we return to this life on a different level on a different dimension because we were able to ask ourselves some hard questions when we were home not being able to come out and one of the things was self-reflection you know one of the things was shining the light on our own hearts
and like my pastor brought up the lukewarm Christians and things like that and and I would also add to that anything that is separating us from just going after our purpose like with a full heart whether we're lukewarm whether we're racist whether we're lazy whether we're just mediocre and in in society and the world loves to celebrate mediocrity because it doesn't really push them to change it really doesn't challenge them to be better and if we can shine a light on lukewarm Christians, we can shine a light on racism. And I'm not saying they're the same things, but all of these things make a heart, a human life fall short of their potential, of their purpose in life, you know. And we fight through these things and we ask the hard questions, whether it be telling a racist joke or walking down the street and there be some buddy and that makes you feel uncomfortable but how do you handle that and why would you think that this person was was making you feel uncomfortable and it was was it connected to to some reservation in your heart and something that you may have been going through yourself and i remember um a long time ago our grandmothers and grandfathers and our great grandmothers and great grandfathers they just come came from a different time where it was just the norm and acceptable to to separate and seclude maybe a white group of people from a black group of people I remember my uncle telling me the stories when the school bus used to come and pick them up as young children the the bus driver would check their hands and their faces and their clothes and they had to be clean they had to be like extra clean their hair had to be combed they couldn't and he only checked the, the the Mexican children and the black children, and if they if they weren't up to par in the eyes of the bus driver, they did not get that day's education. Well, oh, you didn't come here. You're staying home. Oh, your face is dirty. You're staying home, and just not providing the same level of education as you would uh, the white children. So the black and Mexican children, you know, you just didn't get on the bus that day because. Yeah, that would be racial profiling because I'm pretty sure there were some white children with some peanut butter and jelly on the sides of their cheeks or with dirty dirt hand, uh, uh, dirt on their hands because they were playing marbles and things like that prior to the bus getting them. So things like that, you know, what was acceptable then seems to be very so acceptable now, but on the hush level. But on the let's just not talk about that because it makes us uncomfortable, you know. And for for the white folks that that aren't racist, that do love everybody and anything, you know, how, you know, they feel bad too. They're like, look, don't judge me because these officers and I feel their pain. I really do. I really do. So there's just so many levels and so much depth to bring to the table to even have a conversation and then to even initiate a conversation. But I think a conversation needs to be had in all communities, in all cultures, even if it's around your dinner table and you're talking to your children because they're watching the same news as you watch if they're at age appropriate. They're hearing the same things you're hearing. They're seeing the same things you're seeing. 
And so just even to start with having that conversation around your dinner table, to having those conversations in your Bible studies, to having those conversations in your church sermons, to have those conversations in your boys and girls clubs, to have those conversations in your college courses and your school classes. I mean, everywhere where there's a group of people and conversations can be and will be had, I think these are the topics that need to be discussed. Because you combat hate with love. You can combat evil with good. But there's a lot of evil and there's a lot of hate that need to be just rooted out from rethinking how you think. And seeing people for who they are and they are God's creation so if one group of people is going to hate another group of people you're really hating yourself Mm -hmm. you're really hating what God ultimately created which was the human race but he didn't create us to hate each other if there's any energy and hate that we need to just pinpoint is calling the devil out on who he is and and the divide that he brings and the hatred that he brings and the racial profiling that he brings because it's just evil and it's wrong and anywhere that it's, it's acceptable and anywhere where you see a red flag and you're not calling it as it is and you're just gonna sit back and not talk about it guilty you're guilty you know And this is the mentality that needs to be adopted. This is the mentality that needs to be obtained. This is the mentality that should and will always, and should always be, should I say. But until we have these hard conversations, until we make it, until we bring it up to the forefront, you're always going to deal with it. And in in this time and age where everything and anything is recorded, and I'm so glad that these are, these, these awful things are being recorded it brings more accountability but I hope it brings even more accountability to those people who know these people there has to be red flags for these cops that put his knee on that poor guy's neck to the lady who doesn't even let no one bird watch um, there has to be red flags so with, for the people that love these people you know why didn't they call him out on it because you call a person out on their behavior enough and be like, you know what, I can't kick it with you anymore because, like, you're tainted. You're tainted. And I, I don't want to associate myself with that, you know? Mm-hmm. So these are the things that uh, I didn't mean to go in much detail on this episode, but I did, so it's just going to be this episode of... You know, what's my role in this? What can I do, you know, to shed light in my world and in my time? So keep that in mind. Think about it. Hit me up on some uh, suggestions and some ways or what your thoughts are and things like that. Until next time, continue to pray. I pray for you. Continue to use wisdom and knowledge as you you re-enter society. As you go out there with your gloves on and in your in your mask, as you go back to the 
to the stores and the malls. I'm not sure if the theaters are open if you as you go back to church, especially if you go back to a mega church and they're opening. Please, please, please pray. Again, I love you and I miss you guys. Goodbye.